podcast is brought to you by Maddox Lawyers, the lawyers to call when you need practical solutions to complex problems. Maddox are also holding the official planning exchange three-year party on the 1st of November. We will be inviting all of our podcast guests, sponsors and supporters along for a glass of wine and canapes. Today we'll be speaking with two very impressive women from the construction industry, Danielle Savio and Justine Hatch. Danielle and Justine started Gazella Blog, which is an independent publication offering insights into inspiring females within the built environment. Updated weekly, the blog exhibits interviews focusing on the work of women and topical issues in the current climate. Launched to capture the stories and spirit of the determined, Gazella shares a passion for the celebration of women, their experiences and opinions, as well as advice and learnings that can be shared amongst our community. One of the greatest things about the Planning Exchange podcast is the networks that it's helped us develop. Danielle and Justine actually came highly recommended by Danny Addison, who was a former PX champion. We've also interviewed many of the same people, such as Nicola Smith and Shelley Penn. So there are a lot of um, synergies, I suppose, between the two. We're also very happy to have them along to the podcast today. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> now, are you able to just give a really brief background on um, how you came up with Gazella and what the inspiration was in starting the blog? Um, I guess, so we uh, both worked for a construction company in Melbourne um, and we were both on a sa the same job. Mm -hmm. um, Justine had just been made a project coordinator. I was still a graduate at the time, I think. And um, we were doing some, um, we were helping out with putting together some of the uh, NAWIC award applications for mm -hmm. some of our uh, colleagues. And in doing that, we were kind of interviewing some of our colleagues. And at the time, I guess there weren't a lot of senior women mm -hmm. at the company we were at. Um, and we kind of just, Justine turned up one day and was like, what do you think about kind of interviewing women, but outside of the company and... So you were both working at the same company? We were, yeah. yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, okay, yeah, sounds like a good idea. And how could we put that out there into the world? So we obviously decided on a blog because it's um, quite an accessible platform. Mm. Um, and we just started rolling from there. Yeah, great. And how did the name Gazella come about? What does it mean? So I guess I was along for some reason along the, the lines of, oh, what, you know, what are we going to do? I'm going to start with animals. I don't know why, but animals. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> yeah, jumped out for me. Um, so, wrote, so wrote a list of all these animals and was like just trying to get all the inspiration that I could and passed it along to Danielle. And she was like, oh, the gazelle, like that's a, a quite a nimble um, beautiful animal yeah. and um, and then she started I guess googling it and the Latin name for a gazelle is a gazella um, so we kind of jumped on that mm. it's quite um, I guess um, it's quite short and sweet but kind of memorable it, it, it's a very catchy name yeah. and um, listeners I uh, urge you all to have a look at the, the gazella website it's beautifully constructed great images it's great photography. Great Thank photography you, and it's a very, very happy and joyous uh, whole project, I think. Mm. Um, if, uh, if you had a motto, what do you think it would be? 
Well, we have a mission statement, I guess, which well, is let's, kind let's, of let's. on the lines of that. <laughs> um, so our mission is to inspire, um, to celebrate and to create awareness. And I think we set out um, on that, those three words um, quite early on because we wanted to keep the blog very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a, when we kind of, you know, um, put it out there and started to talk to people. They were a bit worried that we were perhaps going on this like feminist warpath. It's a mm. very, it's a very fashionable website in terms of the images. Mm. It looks like uh, a high production um, uh, clothing uh, website. Not that I look at many of those, <laughs> but it, it's a fantastic looking website. So <laughs> you. You, it is inspiring. Thank mm. you. Thank you. We, cer- we certainly set out to do um, something mm. quite high spec, I guess, Justine. Yeah, I guess from the start we always wanted it to be something quite strong and to mm. be taken seriously and, and to be set out beautifully, I guess, because mm. presentation for, for both of us I think is very important. So um, it was definitely something we sought out early on and we engaged um, a web designer to lay it all out and put all of our thoughts into it and... Yeah, I think it's turned out really well. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I think we need to take some tips from their website, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Our DIY website probably doesn't cut it, I don't think, anymore. No. No. <laughs> uh, Gazella has interviewed over 100 subjects, so mm. you've been incredibly productive. Have there been common themes emerging from your subjects? And, and what's the vibe about the urban development ecosphere? There's a couple of questions in there, but mm. take your time. Oh, there's, a, there's probably a few themes, like obviously we try and track a few themes. We try and track, I guess, people's progress through the industry and how they've gotten to where they've gotten. Um, issues in the industry, so, you know, what kind of things are people facing or the industry is facing. And then um, I guess um, we also address like uh, things like work-life balance and mm-hmm. um, retention of females and things like that. So there have been some common I think things that have come up and um, generally I guess on the work side with progress people have always said like just jump in and do it and that's like the very a very common theme between mm-hmm. um, the women we've interviewed and, and some of the men that you know you have to jump in there and and do it um, I think on the industry side um, probably um, more We've spoken to quite a few um, women on, um, you know, how Melbourne is developing and, um, and I guess, some of the issues that Melbourne is facing, particularly um, in terms of some pretty poor stock that comes in um, mm. and how the laws perhaps need to develop and catch up to make Melbourne... You know, I mean, we have that title as most livable city, but whether we keep that forever. Um, and then I think on the on the women's side of things, some common themes are um, women, I guess, leaving the industry, um, which is, I think, a thing no one's really uh, tackled or grappled with um, yet to, a, um, to find a... Um, Solution. Yeah. Have you? Do you interview as many men as you do female, or is it sort of mostly females? We don't. We actually find it quite hard to yeah, find men that, that want to interview us, but we're 
desperate to <laughs> in a good way you know we um we 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 only initially started interviewing women mm. but we definitely wanted to open up the audience yeah. um and sort of broaden the perspective of um you know the issues around um experience and um work-life balance mm. and and you know everything to do with someone's career I mean it's no different you know no different to interviewing a woman you know mm. a man's gone through exactly the same experience it just might be a little bit different yeah. um so yeah we're always looking to find more men that would be interested in interviewing with us but you're free aren't I'm you? free, I'm free. <laughs> Song Bowden provides town planning services throughout Victoria. They are recognised within the industry for providing planning, advocacy and expert evidence in VCAT hearings. So give Dave Song or Dan Bowden a call to discuss your planning needs. Salt, traffic engineering and Victorian planning reports. So what do you know now that you didn't know at the start of the Gazella project? Um, I think we didn't quite realise how broad the industry was. So um, we obviously uh, have our little niche in construction and we didn't really understand life outside of our consultants and our clients. Um, I think we interviewed pretty early on a placemaker. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know placemaking existed (laughs) that that was a profession so I think we've just realized how broad um, the industry is and I guess what opportunities there are out there we didn't really quite grasp that at the start of the project we've interviewed um, a number of women and men from all sorts of um, industries I guess under the belt umbrella environment and Mm -hmm. that's what we sort of want to do we want to get that broad perspective of not only um people who are really close to us, but also um, those in the industries that are a little bit more um, further away, I guess, yeah. From, yeah. from what we do day to day. And I think that really adds a, um, something special to, to what we do and what we sort of send to our audience every week. Yep. Jess, I think Planning Exchange has found its long lost cousin. I think so, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and, and who do you seek to reach with the Gazella Project? We are wanting to inspire graduates right through to, I guess, CEOs. I think something that is a question that we ask regularly and get sort of feedback on is that everyone sort of, or not everyone, but most people like the idea of having mentors. Most people like the idea of hearing stories about other people's experiences. Um, So that's definitely our audience you know people the story thing is a real thing we've tried to hone in on because people get a lot out of hearing the stories of other people they um, get a lot of energy out of that but also I guess a greater understanding of um, things and it's just that like little light bulb moment oh yeah that person's going through the same thing that I'm going through Mm -hmm. um and you guys have also held some live events, haven't you? Yeah. Or live events? Yeah. A couple? A we've done a couple. How do they work? 
So um, UDIA actually approached us to do our first one and it was essentially a, a Gazella Live interview where mm -hmm. we had four or five four. women um, up on a panel essentially where mm -hmm. we um, brought Gazella to an audience of people. Essentially we interviewed all the women about um, you know their experences, their stories, their careers, their advice. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so that's and then it was obviously open to the audience as well, um, so they could kind of partake in our um, interview, um, which I think people got a lot out of because they were able to engage um, kind of in the narrative as well. Great. It must have been hard at the start for Gazella. I mean, you're starting off that it's a confidence thing, but now yeah. it sounds like you've got a lot of exposure in the industry uh, and that people know you. You're here. How do you see the new media space that you're in moving forward? Um, it was so hard. When we started, we had no blog up um, and we were just cold calling people without content. Emailing. Yeah. Just, hey, please, we've got this idea. What do you think? Do you want to interview with us? Like, it was really quite hard. We were so, we had nothing to sort of present to show, you know. But once we sort of got a couple of interviews under our belts and we did a couple of photo shoots, then we could say, hey, you could be this, you could be doing this, <laughs> what do you think, you know? <laughs> and we got a, you know, a lot, lot more reception, but I guess no one's really um, knocked us back, so to speak, mm. which has been really positive. Everyone's been really willing to help and give their time and, and share their story. Mm. But I think it goes back to that, having like something look like professionals, so we looked legitimate mm. yeah. because we were just, you know, little graduates going around calling yeah. like, you know, directors and trying to get them to <laughs> come and meet with us. You've so, got yeah. a great Instagram page as well. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. all um, kudos to Danielle. Oh. She looks after all the social media. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. I quite enjoy the social media space. I think it's a great way to get content out there, um, you know, whether it be podcast, Instagram, Facebook, um, a blog. Um, and I think that for perhaps our generation and younger that's really where people get most of their content from so and it's accessible you can jump on open your emails in the morning and hop on link to anything and yeah I think that's really um the difference perhaps between um you know I don't know what you would have done 10 years ago mm, it's one of those things where you can um plug in when you feel like it Definitely. and when you when you don't want to have a bar of it you don't have to see it so mm. I think it's yeah really just accessible in that sense I think even with our podcast I didn't quite realize the um the benefits of hashtagging and how that actually all worked yeah. <laughs> not that I, I mean I wasn't a huge social media user probably before our planning exchange um page and uh, yeah it's amazing amazing the people that start following you and get in contact from all over the world mm. just from a hashtag that they've seen a photo and yeah it's so great because for the user you know you don't have to do anything no. you don't even have to read anything you just press play and yeah, yeah, listen. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's been great for us as well in the sense that it's it's reached other people that we necessarily wouldn't have been able to reach, um, reach you know, like people have contacted us through social media and gone, oh, hey, we've been following you and we've gone, oh, great, you'd be perfect for one of our interviews. Do you want to interview? So I think that's been really good. Hmm. 
Uh, let's talk about your professional careers. Tell us about your day jobs. Do you want to go first? Sure. So um, I currently work for ABD Group, which is a uh, construction company in Melbourne. Um, And I'm based at their head office, uh, working on projects that come out of their tenders um, that they win and essentially set up their jobs um, for the first three to six months and pass it on to a site team. So, so it's, what's a setting up involve? Is it like the logistics and? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a number of things. It's looking at um, permits, um, I guess, sort of town planning permits, managing all of that stage, um, construction management plans, um, moving through to form three and form fours with adjoining owners, and then setting up a construction site. So, where's your hoist going to go? Where's your crane going to go? Um, where, where's your gantry setup going to be? What do your loading bays look like? Um, and then it's essentially starting to procure and, and get all the subcontractors and consultants on board um, that you need to make the project work. Amazing. Um, and I'm with Multiplex, so um, that's obviously where Justine and I met. So um, I've been there for about six years and I'm project-based, so I'm on the Werribee Mercy Hospital at the moment, um, and pretty much just looking after the project in terms of uh, coordination. So I work between the client, the consultants, and um, our subcontractors, essentially, to um, make sure that everything that's drawn is essentially built on site correctly. And what does the standard day in the construction industry entail? Like, what time do you start? Oh, and what well, do you do? <laughs> start <Welcome>. early. <laughs> um, generally between six and seven in the morning, um, we're on really? site, depending at what point of the job it is. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously in tier one, um, you work pretty long hours, so we probably work 12-hour days typically, um, yep. sometimes six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Um, And um, I guess a day can be very varied depending on what role you're in. So um, some roles are obviously more site-based and both of us have been in site-based roles where you're essentially on site from 7am till 3.30. And Um, are you just, are you coordinating the subconsultants and the builders and everybody else to say you need to be here you need to be doing this yeah so um, if you're in a site role like a site supervisor you might be um you know you're in charge of i guess a particular area Mm -hmm. usually of the building um and it's you're essentially coordinating all the trades on site um and then backing that up in the office you'll usually have a coordinator or a graduate um looking after um, either a particular area or a particular package. So, you know, someone will be looking after the joinery, someone will be looking after the structure, someone will be looking after the facade. Um, But your role might probably be predominantly in the office if you're doing that. Okay. Um, So it can be quite um, varied Mm, um, depending on what role you're in. Mm. So so we're talking about multi-storey buildings of all different types and... What things can go wrong on a site apart from someone falling over or something like that? I mean, what's a, and conversely, what's a good day and what's a bad day? What's a good day? A good day is when things run like clockwork. So everything <laughs> that you've organised um, essentially goes to plan. So the weather's good, 
subcontractors turn up on time, you know, all the equipment's there, the documentation's all up to scratch, um, things, things work. A bad day or a not so good day, um, God, that, that could be anything. <laughs> that could be... Um, you get a windy day and you can't crane lift anything. Or... Yeah, or um, there's a safety incident on site or there's um, an issue with procurement um, or a consultant's holding you up or conversely, a subcontractor's holding you up. So it's just so varied. And I think that's why we both love the construction industry because it is that dynamic, you know, um, your one day is different to the next. You must have a lot of patience. Yeah. Or yeah. A, yeah. Or the opposite, which sometimes <laughs> can work in your favour. <laughs> and construction's typically been dominated by males. How is the situation now? Still the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I definitely think it's getting better, but there is um, an obvious gap there between um, the male to female ratio in the industry, I think. Mm. Coming out of university, it's definitely improving, improving um, becoming closer to 60, 60-40, 50-50. Mm. Um, I guess as you move through the ranks, so to speak, um, there's definitely um, a missing sort of presence of females and amongst I think that's our peers. Probably I think. one of the biggest challenges, particularly in construction, is how to retain women in construction itself um, as you know people progress, because obviously the demands of the job are fairly high and obviously that doesn't work so so well in a family situation I think that's the biggest challenge Mm. um, particularly for construction companies on how to tackle that. Do you you think um, in the military used to be exclusively male construction used to be exclusively male in the military now there's a lot more women in roles Uh, do you think that that is also going to come into construction I mean I see I see women on site but not actually do you mean with the trades and things as well? That and also actually <coughs> being on the levels. Mm. I, mean, I see mm. la- I see women holding signs at the front or in the office, but you don't see them on the job so much in the physical stuff. I think that's pretty much um, stagnated in the past 30 years in terms of increasing women in trade. Um, that hasn't really moved. Um, it kind of reached a hiatus and now hasn't shifted. And I think it's... Um, I don't think the industry is doing enough to really improve that. Um, there are women doing trades like, you know, traffic management now has mm. become a real mm. um, women's domain. Um, there's certainly a few women in the sphere of um, some of the finishing trades, you know, doing coordination and project mm. management. Um, but the real trades, um, services trades um, and the structure trades and all of that, um, it's very rare that you see a woman on site. Occasionally you'll have a female electrician or a female um, civil engineer working for the plumber or something, but it's uh, very rare. Very <laughs> rare, yeah. So what makes for a good culture in the workplace and conversely a bad site? I think for me um, good culture is having the support of your management mm-hmm. and I think that's really critical and and something that's been a common theme throughout our interviews with um, men and women that we've interviewed. 
Um, I, I think that if you have um, someone there as a sounding board supporting you, um, giving you feedback, constructive, um, I think that that really makes for a good culture. Definitely. I think culture is definitely fed from the top. And I think um, sometimes uh, it's quite good being in construction if you're project-based and you get to move teams quite often and you can tell the good teams from the bad teams and it's generally the leader at the top and what kind of um, agenda or um, atmosphere they create for the project team. And I've been on some pretty terrible teams and I've been on some really good ones and you really appreciate good leaders um, and good team makers after you experience both extremes. Definitely. Mm. Do you think good culture in terms of a good team and, and people putting together and not being, you know, idiots um, makes for a bit of productivity? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, someone who's giving you positive feedback and appreciating you is someone you want to work for. And I think that goes for any industry um, and that essentially makes for a good manager. I think um, some of the jobs we do, like you don't mind doing the hours if everyone's in it together and everyone feels like they're part of the team and the team's mm. going to get there at the end. Um, but if you don't have that, the, the slog to the end is like, Makes soul, it ten times as hard. Training. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of productivity improvements, are there any new technologies that are having an impact on your industry? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Um, yeah, there's definitely, I think, um, things that are shifting in the industry to to make them better by using technology. Things like um, online safety systems or apps and and the like. Um, but I think we definitely, as, as an industry, have a lot of room to grow. I, I, don't, I still think we're a bit stagnant mm -hmm. um, and old school in the way that we, we do things. Um, you know, we're very much a, a paper industry, you know. People don't want to change in the industry. It's yeah. really tough, um, especially if a tradie on site has been doing the same thing for 20 years he doesn't want to change. Mm. He doesn't want to look at a smartphone or a tablet or a... He Download just wants to sign his, you know, docket yeah. with triplicate, you know. He doesn't want to know any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite slow to take up of new technologies. It's yeah, and slow. I think there's a, lot, there's a lot we have to do with sort of changing that mentality. Mm. Yeah. And how do you unwind and what do you do outside of work in Gazella? Danielle, you're a dancer. I dance. You? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I teach and I and I still dance myself. What um, kind of dance? So I do ballet, jazz, and contemporary. Amazing. Um, and it's funny when I started in the industry, everyone was like, "Oh, you'll give that up because it's <laughs> too it's too much." <laughs> yeah. Um, but I haven't. So and I think that's important. I think it's important to keep up the things that you get um, energized by outside of work or blogs or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and what I think about it's you, just um, about maintaining consistency. So I guess I don't have anything um, 
Oh, so concrete. I guess I, I picked up soccer this year and joined a soccer team and won the grand final. Yay. Ooh, um, you know, but I think it's doing things like my yoga and catching up with friends and brunching and those things, you know, they give you a bit of life and yeah. consistency. And I think that's important. So given that you work quite long hours, what time would you normally go to bed? Oh, nine o'clock says my oh. iPhone. Oh, yeah. you're so good. I don't <laughs> so get to bed good. before like 10.30. I can't believe yeah, you well, fit lately. so much in your days. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, we I do it fluctuates. All, yeah. yeah. We do the blog outside of work as well. So that's, yeah. um, that ebbs and flows with how much energy we have yeah. left <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to do blog-related activities. Yeah. Right. Justine, Danielle, thank you very much for the uh, for the interview. It just shows listeners what uh, grit and determination can do. Over 100 um, blogs, interviews, incredible. Uh, so thank you very much and thank you, Jess. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. Cheers.